morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 45 of Dame's Takes. I am your host, Dame Fuego, because I give you that fire. We got another really good week for you guys. I'm going to get right into it, honestly. I feel like I've been rushing these past, like, since we've been back, these past, like, two episodes. I feel like they, they feel a little rushed. So I didn't do an episode for last week. Didn't Again, not really trying to rush, trying to trying to give you guys a good episode. Not trying to rush into it, not trying to make it feel forced, make it feel like anything, but me providing really good content for you guys. So just getting right into it and this is us getting back to normal we're not catching up it's not no special episode like it's just just back to the normal way we do things we're gonna start off with some music we got some new singles to talk about um first and foremost we'll go ahead and talk about um logic he dropped a new single it's called get up i've only listened to it twice but um it's it i think feel like with logic i feel like with Every artist, honestly. I feel like unless you really, really just love that artist that much. With most artists, they have versions of themselves where you like it and you don't like it. And, like, there's versions of Logic that I do like and versions of, lo- versions of Logic that I do not like. And um, this song is definitely a version of Logic that I do like. Uh, Get Up is a pretty good song. I, I don't know if I have a name for this version of Logic. I would just say that the, Logic's really, really good. He's a really good rapper, but sometimes I feel like he gets in his, as an artist. I feel like his creativity can get in, in his way sometimes. So, um, or even just I feel like with artists, like their egos and them thinking too much about what the fan might be thinking or what they might want or what they might be saying. Thinking about that too much will put you in a bad spot as an artist. Like, you have to just make the music for yourself and just do what you want to do. And, hey, he might be doing what he wants to do. It just seems like he's, like, reaching out to the audience a little a little heavier sometimes. Um, with this one, it's, it's just a really good uh, single. I thought he said he was retiring. I thought he said he was retiring. But, you know, when artists say they're retiring, they have a lot of music in the vault. So, like, I have to, remember my, I have to remind myself that same thing. When an artist says they're retiring, you still might get music from them for the next like three years because even though they're retired, like they're not making more music, this is still the music they already had. Um, moving on to the next single, Wasting Time by Brent Fayez and Drake, produced by the Neptunes. Uh, I saw the cover for this song and I instantly knew it had to do with the Neptunes. Um, it is literally inspired, probably like directly copying. Um, the cover of the album by Pharrell Williams, uh, in in my mind, yeah, in my mind, uh, absolutely amazing album. If you've never heard the album "In My Mind" by Pharrell Williams, you should go listen to that right now. I would actually say stop listening to me and go listen to that, but please come back to me and listen to me some more. Um, <laughs> but produced by Neptune's, automatically going to be a banger. Brent Fayez, automatically going to be a banger. Drake, automatically going to be a banger. Um, but I was kind of preparing myself to be disappointed with this song. The last thing I heard from Brent Fayez was his part on uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, the album by Tyler the Creator. And I wasn't too enthused with his contribution to that album. So I was a little worried, a little scared. Like, is this what he's doing now? Like, should I be worried? Um, but no, it was it was perfect. It was just about what I expected it to be. Um, Drake and Brent Fayez, it should be a certain level of toxic, a, a certain level of of scorned X on the track, and they definitely gave that. I think I love the way that it's broken up. Excuse me. I love the way that it's broken up um, between, like, Brent kind of goes for first, and he kind of does a whole song, and then Drake kind of just does, like, a whole verse. <laughs> uh, and Drake's verse went on for a good while, so it did kind of feel like you got two songs in one. Um, but I, a friend of mine said he didn't really like it at first, and I thought it was hilarious. It was like, I... As soon as the song came on, I was just like, oh, yeah, this song is great. Like, bef- like as soon as the song came on, as soon as Brent came onto the track, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a, this this right here is a classic. This is going to be something crazy right here. And I, I do not feel disappointed. It was a really, really good song. So I would say to go peep that one, Wasting Time by Brent Fayez and Drake. Um, we got three new albums, three new albums to talk about. And, you know, we're going to turn back to an album that I love. Um, first and foremost, we'll go ahead and go with the R&B album first. Temporary Highs in the Violet Skies by Snow Allegra. Um, Snow is really good. I really enjoy Snow Allegra's music a lot. I just like her. I like her voice. Her voice isn't like it, it's a little it's a little unique. Um, and 
I like her style. I just like the way she makes music. Um, I would say the, I would say the feeling that she gives that she gives me in terms of her music reminds me of uh, Sade. I wouldn't say that like her music is really like is really comparable to Sade's, but like she gives me that vibe. Like "Dying for Your Love," that reminds me of a Sade song so much because like I feel like that song's just good and like there's no way you can be introduced to this song and you just like don't like it in my opinion like if you just don't like it you don't like her but like that's just the feeling it gives me like that's that's how i feel listening to sade like i feel like you listen to her and there's just no way you don't like it like it's just like kind of like that that higher tier type of music like in terms of music, it doesn't matter what your favorite genre is. It doesn't matter what kind of music you like. That's the kind of music that, like, you'll probably enjoy unless you're literally just the complete opposite and you only like hardcore type music. Um, but Snow is is really good. This album is really, really good. I would say my favorite songs is Dying for Your Love, of course. Um, two of these songs actually have Tyler Creator on them, Neon Peach and I think it's Violet Skies. Um... Yeah, two of these songs have Tyler Creator on them. I know it's Neon Peach. I can't remember which one is the other one. But uh, I actually didn't... Like, Tyler Creator didn't really do too much on this album to me. Like, I love the guy, but I didn't really, like... I didn't get too much from him, especially being on two songs. Um, I would probably give this a seven, just to be comfortable. Like, seven, seven and a half. Just, like, it wasn't, like, the greatest R&B album I ever heard. It wasn't even... I think I still like Ugg... Um, Ugg those feels again more than this but this was really good I, I enjoyed this project a lot I would give it a seven and a half out of ten next up we will go to yeah I was gonna go in a certain order I, I switched it up we're gonna go to Vince Staples by Vince Staples it is a self-titled album and if you haven't been living under a rock you know that when artists do a self-titled album it's usually gonna be some heat. Like they come in with something fierce because they put in their whole name on it. They said, "No, put me in. Put no. That's me. By me. For me. I guess for y'all. But this by me. Me by me. What's up? Like you know that they're coming with something strong. Only ten minutes. Um, no song goes longer than three minutes. I mean, only 10 minutes. No song goes longer than three minutes. Only 10 songs on the project. I think there's no skips. I think from beginning to end, this is a really, really good project. And I would have to give it an eight, at least. At least an eight. At least an eight. And like, I Vince Staples getting a Grammy seems kind of far-fetched but the Grammys can surprise you can surprise you sometimes um I just I think that this is definitely a Grammy nominated worthy album I'm not gonna lie to you like I think this deserves a nomination for a Grammy for sure this album's really really good like Vince I wouldn't say Vince surprised me because I've always thought Vince Staples was really good he just didn't really like put the effort in and push himself forward like that or really like give us an album like that he's given us great before but like i i didn't feel like i didn't feel like we were going to get something like this from him honestly i didn't expect him to give us an album like this but i'm not surprised the fact that he has this quality of an album like in his repertoire like i'm not like i knew he could do this i just didn't think he would so um i i love this album i think that was really really good and Vince Vince is one of those guys is like when people just say talk about like very like very good rappers or the best rappers that's one of those names that gets thrown in like Vince Staples and Earl Sweatshirt are like two of those names that like gets thrown in and you're not mad at anyone for throwing it in you're just like oh wow like I'm glad we're doing this like <laughs> like I'm glad we're doing this I I'm 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 happy to be around the people that I'm around right now like um so yeah, this I can't even I can't even pick a song. Like on this album and the next album I'm going to talk about. I can't even pick a song to tell you like go listen to listen to the whole thing. Listen to the whole thing and decide which ones are your favorite cuz I love this album. It's actually really really good. Um but next up our next album, our final new album that we're going to be talking about. Uh IDK is the artist. The album is called Use for Yourself. 
or no, I'm sorry, you see for yourself. I keep on doing that because it's, it's like it would be use with two E's, but it's you see for yourself. Um, and four is a number and U is just the letter U uh, if you were looking it up, just, just so you know. Um, this album is spectacular and I'm not going to lie to you. I was listening to this album and I thought to myself, man, I really love Tyler Creator's album. I really love Tyler Creator. But this this could beat him for the Grammy. Like, that's how I thought about this one. And maybe I don't really know what qualifies as Grammy-nominated albums and Grammy-worthy albums because the albums that were nominated for the Grammy last year, I mean, I probably would have told you, like, two of them would have been there. Um, but I had no... I, of the two, I had only listened to one prior to the nominations dropping, so... I don't listen to every single thing that that's part of it, but um, these uh, Tyler Creator's album, Vince Staples album, IDK's album, they're all really, really good. And I feel bad for the people who have to decide on the nominations for a Grammy because we still got a lot of year left. Um, there are reports of Kanye West dropping an album. Uh, Drake was supposed to drop an album in February. We still haven't gotten that one. Um, who else? I heard someone else was dropping an album. Uh, I can't remember who else is supposed to be dropping an album this year, but uh, we're. I feel bad. I feel bad for the people who have to pick the Grammys, be, the, the Grammy nominations, because there's going to be a lot, a lot of talent. There's going to be a lot of albums to choose from, and somebody got to get snubbed this year. Like, someone has to get snubbed hard. And I don't know who it's going to be, because IDK, he put his soul into this one. Like, he gave so much of himself he told you so much about his life on this album and uh, i really respect that and it takes takes a lot for a person to talk about themselves like this to talk about their life to to just put that on display for everyone like that that takes a a lot of courage honestly um and he put his he put everything out there he he put everything out there and it was really really good it was really well done the story of it the the transitions between everything was really really good dogs don't lie is amazing um the young thug track was uh really really good temporary love with sir was a really good song uh puerto rico with lucky day leading into temporary love with sir was a really really good 10 feet was great 1995 is amazing that song is awesome I'm glad I didn't listen to Peloton, which was a single for this album. I'm glad I didn't listen to that until this album actually came out because I actually like that song a lot. And I can tell that if I listened to it prior to the album coming out, I would have listened to it too much and it would have messed things up for me. Um, hey, Auntie was a really, really good song as well. Crying Church. This whole album, whole album is really, really good. Like uh, Keto, Sway Lee actually did a really good job. I like Sway Lee's part on, on this album a lot. Uh, shoot my shot was a really good single man this is this was a nut man <laughs> but speaking of really good albums um call call me if you get lost debuts at number one um i believe i think this is tyler the creator's first number one i'm not sure about that but um you you guys already know like i'm i am just flabbergasted by how good this album is um i really i don't know how much more i can really say about it that i haven't already said and i don't want to repeat myself too much but the like i said the competition for album of the year for rap album of the year at the very least is going to be very 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 strong um i'm double checking really quick to see if this is Tyler Creator's first number one album. No, this is his second number one album. This is what I was, that's why I was checking really quick. Um, sorry, I should have checked that beforehand. I, I do apologize for that. But he does debut at number one. Like I said, Tyler Creator's um, second number one album. I was going to do a beautiful breakdown. I think I'll do that for uh, next week. Save that for next week. Um, but uh, man, I, I'm just gonna leave it there because that is a really, really good album, overly deserving of a number one. Crying Shame only has two number ones, which I mean, I'm sure if, if I looked at other the other albums that came out the same week, I might understand why he only has two number ones. But overly, overly well, uh, what am I trying to say? 
overdue. Tyler Creator's overdue for a number one album. This is just spectacular. Just spectacular. Let's go ahead and get into the sports. Rona Sports News. You know where we started at. Um, SEC football says that they will be starting a rule this year where they will not be rescheduling any games canceled due to COVID this season. I think that'll be very interesting, especially after seeing how um, playing a lack of games affected the college playoff last year. So I, if you're the SEC, you're really hoping that you don't have to cancel too many games. But you have seen that canceling games could cost you a spot in that college playoff. So that, that's a very interesting rule. That I'm kind of proud of them for for that regard, for not not making this rule to save their own ass, but it is kind of weird that you wouldn't reschedule any games, like none, like you're not going to reschedule them at all, like you're not going to try, okay, whatever. Um, moving forward, we'll go ahead and over into baseball. Multiple members of the New York Yankees test positive. Their game with the Red Sox uh, last week was postponed. Since then, they have um, continued playing. And finish out the series with the Red Sox. Uh, next up, NBA official James Williams will serve in the role of umpire for ten- for uh, Game Five of the NBA Finals, replacing Sean Wright, who was unable to officiate due to the league's health and safety protocols. Um, also, due to protocols, Bucks assistant Josh Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer uh, won't be on the bench for Game 5. Then Asasan Tukumpo is also in health and safety protocols, so he was um, not on the bench for Game 5. You know, he's a he's an energy, he's a little spark for the Bucks. but we'll get to the finals a little later. Staying in basketball, Bradley Beal and uh, Jeremiah Grant are both in health and safety protocols. Uh, Bradley Beal actually will not be traveling to Tokyo with the team. He will not be in the Olympics um, due to health and safety protocols. I believe that Grant's okay. Uh, it sounds like Grant is still going to stick with the team. And uh, even more recent news, Zach Levine has been placed under health and safety protocols and will not travel with the team to Tokyo today. Um, USA Basketball is hoping that Levine will be able to join the team into in Tokyo later this week. Um... Speaking of the, we'll talk about the, the Olympics in terms of injuries a little more later, but in terms of health and safety, <laughs> in terms of Rona Sports News, um, the Olympics could still be canceled. There could still be a late cancellation of the Olympics um, if things get a little too out of control or get a little too hectic. Um, that would be really unfortunate, but I mean, we are talking about the world. We're talking about people from all over the world. If we have an outbreak at the Olympics and everyone goes home, (laughs) then it just goes back around the world. That's not okay. Um, In the meantime, Olympians are being given cardboard beds that can only withstand the weight of one person to avoid intimacy between the athletes. Um, I find this to be hilarious, really and truly. Like, to be honest with you, I find this to be really, really funny because A... These are world-class at world-class athletes. You think they can't have sex standing up or on the floor? Like, if the alternative was cardboard anyway, then I could just do it on the floor. And people do it on the floor anyway. Like, people do it standing up anyway. Like, um, but not to mention you gave Olympians cardboard beds. Like, I get the reason why you did it, but... You gave these world-class athletes, you bring them all here to perform on the grandest stage of sports, and you give them cardboard for beds? Like, how did PR not say anything about this? Like, PR didn't think, like, this sounds really bad. Like, you're giving Olympians cardboard beds. No one, like, they said, I've said this, like, three times in, like, a minute. And I can't, but like I, every time I hear it, I'm just like, what? And they didn't think like, they didn't hear Olympians and cardboard in the same sentence, and it wasn't about Wheaties, and like that didn't bother anybody. Like, no, no, no. Okay, whatever, whatever, just me. Yeah, but like, it's supposed to make them avoid intimacy, even though people can still like, you don't have to be on a bed in a bed to be intimate. So, you know, it is what it is. They're trying. You know, I've always heard that in the Olympics, um, the Olympians can be very uh, horny. They, 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 they tend to hump. You know, hey, 
You can try and stop them all you want to. It sounds like you're not going to be able to stop them. So good on them for trying, I guess. Um, this is our first time talking about tennis since we've been back. So I got a couple of different things. I'm going going back a little bit. Um, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open after refusing to meet with the media and being fined $15,000 for not meeting with the media. This was a whole fiasco and honestly she's not even competing in the olympics now also because of that she has not been competing because she feels as though the media doesn't really care like she's like i'm a human being i'm a person who's dealing with stuff like i have struggles i have anxiety with even like that's why i wear my headphones all the time she always wears her headphones but she's not talking to someone already she's wearing her headphones She's in, like, focus. She's in tunnel vision because she says she has anxiety. She gets very bad anxiety, but she has to, She still has her media obligations. So she still tries to just do it, but at a certain point, you're like, okay, I keep on trying. I keep on trying. I'm trying to do this because I know, like, it's a part of my job. But at a certain point, when do I say I can't do it? Like, when do I say these people don't care about me? And y'all are asked like, it's already bad enough I have the anxiety, but then I, you're asking me these questions that just raise it even more and make me even more anxious. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do this. And that's the point that she got to. And rather than getting fined $15,000, rather than being a story every day, every week for the world of tennis, she said, hey, I'm just going to take a break. I'm just going to bow out. I'm going get to my, get my life together, get my stuff together. And I don't want to be a distraction to any other players, to the tournament, to tennis, none of that. I'll just get out the way. Y'all do your thing. And I res- like, she's one of the greatest athletes in the world to me because A, she speaks out about these things. And B, she also isn't doing this for her ego. She isn't trying to get anything out of these things. She's just being herself. And she's also just trying to push forward the narrative that, athletes are human beings like it's not even a narrative it's just a fact like athletes are human beings and just because they have a job to answer the questions and you have a job to ask them the questions it doesn't have to be so like robotic like it doesn't have to be so mundane like it, it, we've seen it before that media members have really good relationships with players with athletes like it's not hard but in tennis, it seems like there's not that much going on, not that much camaraderie going around, and she wasn't really feeling it. It is what it is. Um, Roger Federer gets his first win since surgery in the French Open, but uh, Novak Djokovic wins the French Open for his 19th Grand Slam. He becomes only the third man in uh, tennis history to complete the career Grand Slam twice. Um, Serena is actually not going to comp- compete in the Olympics. Um, I believe I don't think it was due to a specific injury. I think she was just trying to stay healthy and just just trying to get keep her body right. So she decided to, to stay out of the Olympics. Um, Coco Goff is also not going to be in the Olympics after she tested positive for coronavirus. Um, golf. We got a little bit of golf. I wanted to give you guys a little golf stat real quick. Um, excuse me. Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, I think that's how you say it. Colin Morikawa uh, makes history as the first player to win two different majors on his first try after winning the 2020 PGA and the 2021 Open um, just today. In boxing, uh, last week I told you guys the, or uh, yeah, last week I told you guys the Wilder and Tyson Fury fight was currently postponed it is back on for october 9th after they got the whole camp situation settled out with covid and everything um we'll go ahead and push over stay in the fight game into ufc honestly i'm gonna be honest with you guys like since we haven't been talking not because we haven't been talking but since we haven't been talking i have not been keeping up with um ufc very well i'm I'm gonna be honest with you guys it's been it's been a struggle for me. Just a little, just a little bit. Not really a struggle. I just haven't really been keeping up a lot. Um, man, we're going all the way back to April. The Usman Masvidal fight. Usman won by knockout. I would love to say I told you so, and I will. I told you so. Usman's that guy. Masvidal is a bit has a big mouth, and he's a big talker. He talks a big game, and he. I mean, he got big hands. He 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 handles his business. He's a good fighter, but. He has a bigger mouth than he is a fighter. And it, it's like that sometimes. Like sometimes you just got guys who talk so much that they get put in these good positions. Like, I'm not going to lie, the biggest version is McGregor. The, the smaller version is probably uh, Colby Covington. But it's these, it's these guys that run their mouth so much that they always stay in the limelight. 
It's like being a cornerback in the NFL. Like, if you run your mouth the most, people kind of assume that you're really good. People assume that you're the best. But it's only because you're talking the most. Like, if you're just not saying anything, then people don't really know how good you are. Like, not everyone's paying so much attention to know how good you are. The, the casual person only knows who's talking the loudest. And Masvidal's one of those guys. He talks the loudest. But when you put him in, in there with a guy like Usman, who's neck and neck fighting to be the pound for pound best fighter in the UFC, he's he's gonna crumble. He's gonna he's gonna get exposed. He's not gonna he's not gonna do very well. It's just it's just facts. I'm sorry. I'm not really sorry, but like that is just facts. Um, UFC 262, um, another knockout for the light heavyweight championship. Charles uh, Olivier beat or uh, knocked out. Um, Michael Chandler in the second round. That was actually a really, really good fight. That was a really good knockout. Um, Charles is really, really good. That's a really good fighter. Um, he's perfect to take over the light, lightweight championship. Um, he's precise. He's he does everything. Like he he can submit. He takes to the ground. He can he can do everything. Like he really can do everything in that ring. And he's very dangerous no matter where he is. Um, Chandler Chandler kind of that. This is only Chandler's second fight in the UFC, and he's fighting for the belt. So I mean, like, I don't know if that shows how good he is, or well, I've heard about, I've heard stories, I've heard him. He's a champion in MMA, um, but like, again, kind of just like not what I, like what I was just talking about. Like Chandler talks a little bit, but Charles is just different. Like it seems like we have a lot of guys in the UFC who are kind of just, they just. They just do things a little differently. Like they just kind of like they're just so precise and they're so accurate, and it's kind of hard to get away from them and hard to get around them. So it's like once they get you where they want you, you kind of just done for. Um, UFC two sixty three, Izzy got a decision win to keep his belt. I actually didn't catch any of these fights, unfortunately. Um, Brandon Moreno got the submission win to take the flyweight championship. Leon Edwards. This is actually a really these this is a really good card. I actually just didn't get a chance to watch it. But this is a really, really good card. But yeah, I have not been up on my fight game at all. I, I really do apologize. Um next we'll go speak well speaking of fighting, we'll just kind of stick with fighting. Hockey. So I only got one thing for hockey just because I think it's cool and I think that we should acknowledge these things and give people their flowers. Uh, blase blase. Um Luke Prokop, hockey player, he came out. He is the I believe he's the only player in hockey that has come out. Uh, double checking really fast. I'm pretty sure it, it, it's just just that guy Luke. Yeah, the first active um, NHL player to come out. He's a prospect for the Nashville Predators. He hoping to live an authentic life. Only 19. And you know, I mean, hockey. We gonna we gonna hope that hockey, that hockey can can handle this and be good about this. Cause hockey's hockey's been good in terms of the league. They've been good about about it. They they got a post saying the showing the whole hockey world showing their support. Um, the, he's the first player, whether active or retired, to come out publicly. So really and truly, it's just good for him. And I like to give him that platform on the show, even just to. Honestly, like, just to to say, like, good for him, like, really and truly good for him, like, that kind of stuff makes me, like, really happy for people. I really like people living their truth and being able to live their lives the way they want to. But whatever it is, like, you being able to live your life the way you want to is that's what I hope for everybody. Otherwise, in hockey, they are starting the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken. That's a fire name for any sports team. Um, yeah, that, that that's hockey. You know, I'm not a big hockey person, so I don't really, I never, never really have too much hockey news. Um, we'll go ahead and go on to baseball. They came, they just came back from their all-star break last week. Um, reigning champion Pete Alonzo repeated as the home run derby champion, edging out uh, Trey Mancini. Trevor Story hit the longest home run in uh, home run derby history with a 518-foot bomb but he lost to Juan Soto. It doesn't matter how far you hit him. It matters how many you hit. Um, as far as the all-star game, it was, it was a cool game. I watched the beginning of it. Excuse me. I saw the beginning of it, 
and I think I ended up having to do something else. Or it's just baseball. It's the All Star Game, so it's like it's not the greatest thing to watch. Like sometimes the All Star Game in basketball can be a little a little boring. So in baseball, it gets really bad. But the American League uh, won. They've won eight straight now. Uh, All Star Games. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won MVP after a monster home run he hit in the All Star Game, which kind of set the tone for the rest of the day. Um, Otani started for the American League. He also um, was a DH, of course, being the first player to be in the All-Star game as a pitcher and as a hitter. Um, he threw this one. They were talking about, like, they were in uh, Colorado. Colorado is known to have a, it's a hitter's park. And it's, like, the altitude and the different, like, the way the air is. It's everything about the park is different. And pitching there is unique. You, if you've never pitched there before, they, they were saying, like, it's such a unique experience. Like, it's it's different than pitching anywhere else. So, um, they were kind of saying, like, they were interested to see how he was going to hold up. And he, sure enough, had a really good inning. He had a really good inning. He threw one, he threw this one breaking ball, which was just absolutely nasty. He got Tatis Jr. bad with that thing. And it just shows you, like, how crazy good this guy is. Like, he's just, just amazing. Like, he, he's really just amazing on both sides of the ball. Um, they also showed a graphic at the All-Star break where every team that won their division, every division leader from last year is different. 2021, right now, everyone that's leading a division was not did not win their division last year. <laughs> everyone who's leading right now did not win last year. So it's just it just shows baseball is just kind of crazy. They're all over the place. Like it just flips all over the place. Um, Rob Manford, Conditioner of the Major League Baseball of the Major League Baseball Commissioner of Major League Baseball said it's unlikely they're going to keep the seven inning doubleheader rule. So when a player play when a team plays two games. They made both of those games seven innings instead of them playing nine innings for both games. Um, they're probably not going to continue to do that, though. Um, the Oakland A's are considering a move to Vegas. Um, Manford says that viewing the... Oh, he said call, calls viewing the um, the move a bluff a mistake. Like, they're not going to... It's not a bluff. Like, Oakland's thinking about moving... They're, they're very serious about moving. They're kind of waiting on city council and seeing what um, the city's going to say. But Oakland is definitely looking at getting out of... The Oakland A's are looking at getting out of Oakland. Um, they had the Major League draft. I don't really know too much about baseball prospects, so I'm not even going to touch that. I don't really know too much about who got drafted. Um, I could tell you who, but that would just be me reading a bunch of names and a bunch of numbers. I'm good. Some bad news out of baseball. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, tore his ACL and is out for the year. Um, San Diego Padres second baseman Jake Cronenworth hit for a cycle for the first time in his major league career as uh, the Padres blew out the Nationals 24 to 8. <laughs> Jake didn't even play the whole game as he was subbed out in the bottom of the seventh inning. Speaking of the Nationals, a Nats game was actually postponed this week after a shooting occurred outside the stadium, injuring three people. Speaking of some um, unruly fans, Red Sox outfielder Alex Verdugo was hit by a baseball after a fan threw it threw it at him on the field. Verdugo was livid, and um, Red Sox manager Alex Correa actually pulled his players off the field uh, for a moment. Um, the fan has since been banned for life. <laughs> it's like, what is, what, like, people throw the baseball back onto the field, and I don't think people get banned for that. But, like, to actually hit someone and throw the ball at someone, that's not cool. Like, if you're, if someone on the opposing team hits a ball into the stands and you don't want it, you throw it out on the field, like, okay, cool. I think it's a dumb tradition, but it's a tradition in baseball. They do their thing, whatever. But for you to hit someone, yeah, you just, you don't deserve to be here. Like, you're just out of your mind. Um, Alex Verdugo's teammate, um, prize project Jaron Duran, hit his first home run of his career, of his major league career, yesterday. Uh, the Red Sox are expecting very, very big things from him. And the Red Sox are going to need big things from him because things are heating up. The, the, it's the trade deadline, and teams are definitely looking to get better, and things are definitely heating up. Um, the White Sox and Lance Lynn have agreed on a two-year, $38 million extension. 
The Twins could trade um, outfielder Bryce Bruxton if he de- decides not to sign an extension with the team. Starling Marte is expected to be traded from the Marlins after his extension talks ended. Um, the Cubs actually have made a trade. They've traded Jock Peterson to the Braves for... Um, minor league infielder Bryce Ball. The Cubs are expected to be very active in the trade deadline. They are on the on a bad, bad losing streak. They've been on a bad losing streak for a minute. Um, they're looking to, to start over, pretty much. Chris Bryant is one name that they're definitely probably going to let go. And the Dodgers are going to be active in the trade deadline on a war path, they say, looking for pitching. Going on to the NFL, it was reported that Tom Brady played the entire season on a torn MCL. Speaking of, the Super Bowl champions uh, visited the president today. Um, a whole torn MCL, like the whole, like I was thinking about it, like it's not impossible because I, like we had DeWan Blair who played in the NBA and he had no ACLs. So if you can play with no ACLs in your knees at all, then I think that playing on a torn MCL when you don't move that much in the first place is very logical. And Tom Brady moves the least. Like, he don't run at all. He's He does not move. He stands in the pocket all day. So, it, I mean, that could make a little bit of sense to me that he was playing on a torn MCL the whole time. Cool. Whatever. Like, that's what they said. Um, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers an an extension that would have made him the highest paid quarterback, which he declined, making it pretty obvious it's not about money. He just doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders president, Mark Badane, has resigned from his position after 30 years with the team. He, they said he's been an integral part of the team. Like, I, I'm very interested to see what they say, what the aftermath of him resigning is, because that's... A figurehead. He's literally a figurehead for the Raiders, and he's just gone now. Like, right before the season starts, too. Um, The Chiefs re-signed pass rusher Alex Okafor for a one-year deal. The Steelers have signed edge rusher Melvin Ingram to a one-year deal. He's supposed to replace uh, Bud Dupree. Really, really unfortunate news for L.A. fans. Los Angeles Rams running back Cam Akers coming off of a very, very promising season. He has torn his Achilles, and he will be out for the entire season. That's that's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, on the opposite side of that, Kawan Short has been cleared. Defensive tackle, excuse me. Defensive tackle Kawan Short has been cleared for football after missing all of last season following a shoulder surgery and is already in discussion with teams. Moving on to some basketball. We'll start in college. Texas has added number one transfer Marcus Carr from the University of Minnesota. Um, They're already returning two of their starters from last year and they already were looking like they had a pretty good... um, what is it called? A good, not draft class, a good recruit recruiting class. Yeah, we're good. A good recruiting class for last for this season. So Texas, Texas is looking kind of good. They might be a preseason number one. They they might be. They are definitely in talks for a preseason number one, especially adding the number one transfer in the country. Um, former Baylor guard Jared Butler has been medically cleared um, to go ahead and participate in basketball to be drafted. He's um, definitely projected to be a number one pick, not number one pick, uh, first round pick. This could affect that a little bit. I don't think he'll fall into the second round now that he's been medically cleared, but this is definitely going to scare some teams away, and we'll have to see how far he falls. Um, One little tidbit from the WNBA, Diana Taurasi becomes the first WNBA player to reach 9,000 career points. On to the NBA, a little bit of news before we get into the finals. Um, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lohr have been approved as limited partners of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. This is the beginning of a two-and-a-half-year pathway to to control for the group. Jalen Lewis, a 16-year-old junior, is signing a $1 million-plus contract, $1 million-plus contract um, with Overtime Elite. Uh, Lewis had scholarship offers from Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and others. Those are some of the top teams in the country, and he's only a junior, so I see why he's making a million dollars. European prospect Tudor Somasescu, 
signs with Overtime Elite as well. He only turned 16 last month. He spent his freshman year at Sierra Canyon High School. If that sounds familiar, that is where LeBron James Jr. goes, as well as Amari, uh, Amari Bailey, as well as a couple of couple of um, draft prospects <laughs> that went to Sierra Canyon. Um, the 6'2 creative guard has promise. They said that he moved up like he he was playing two years ahead of himself. He's 14 years old playing on the uh, 16 and under league. So he he's pretty advanced. They're, they're making it sound like he's pretty advanced already. He's 6'2", only 16 years old. You could still have another growth spurt in him. Very interested to see what this overtime elite team is going to be. They are now at halfway. They have, I think they said, 14 of the 28 players that they want. On to the Olympics, the Team USA has, they lost, actually. I know this is kind of a surprise. Team USA basketball loses in an exhibition game to Nigeria, 90-87. to Nigeria is coached by uh, Mike Brown. They were a 30-point underdog coming into this game. But Nigeria has plenty of NBA talent. They have a considerable amount of NBA players. Mike Brown has been on championship teams as a coach. He has been a head coach in the NBA, like... Even just around the world, the, the around the world is not as bad as it used to be. Like you're not gonna play some random team and actually just blow them out by 50 every night. Like you're gonna have teams that are gonna fight. You may still blow them out by 20, but like you gotta fight for it. Like it's gonna be an ugly 20. It's gonna be 105 to 83. Like it's not gonna be 120 to 70. Like these teams are serious. These teams are are ready to compete and they know who these guys are they know who the u.s is a lot of these guys have played against these against these u.s players before and this isn't the best u.s team that we've put out in a minute so this is anybody's year this year for real the olympics olympic basketball is anybody's year this year um the u.s also lost to australia giving them two losses in a week compared to only two losses in 30 years of exhibition games before that i will say that these are exhibition games like okay now we're 56 and 4 over the last 30 years like oh my god like we only lost four games in the last 30 years it's not a not the biggest deal i get losing them two of them this week and i understand people panicking but you also have to recognize that we only have half the team um kevin love also has wasn't playing in the olympics because of an injury so bradley beal and kevin love have been replaced with keldon johnson um from the spurs and javel mcgee which people were mad about JaVale McGee being on the on the roster, but they wanted Zion. Like, you want a big man, but you want him to be 6'6"? Like, if you want a big man, why not actually get a 7-footer? And even like that, like, we had... We have now what? That's three players in health and safety protocols. Kevin Love was just hurt. You have Book, Middleton, and Drew, who are all in the finals. If you want another big man, they could have got Brooke Lopez, but he's in the finals, like... Literally half of the we got half of our team in the finals right now, and of the players that we have with us actually playing in these, in these exhibition games, only half of them are actually going to Tokyo, and now Levine might not even be going to Tokyo. So it's like we haven't actually had the team that you're going to see in the Olympics, which that can also be a reason to panic. But like we are, if you're still kind of thinking, if your reason for panicking is that you expect the U.S. to just go and slaughter everyone then why is it that you don't believe in why don't you believe in them why don't you wait until you have the full team to lose that faith like you have that faith because of how talented the team is but right now we're playing Darius Garland he's not an Olympian he's not going to the Olympics like he's just here to help he's just here to fill time and fill space so you're watching Darius Garland you're getting mad Darius Garland but you're getting mad at the entire team as if Darius Garland is going to be in the Olympics like it doesn't make any sense to me if he ends up in the Olympics, good for him. I hope it makes him better. But people were mad about Keldon making it because who was Keldon Johnson? And he looked very good in the final exhibition game against Spain. He played very well. They, they were saying, people were comparing him to the, they were calling him the Bruce Brown of uh, the USA team. Like, he does the dirty work. And that's what we need. It's a team of a bunch of talented guys. We need guys who are going to do the dirty work and do what's necessary to win, not just try and put the ball in the basket. Like, you got to get rebounds. You got to fight for the ball. Like, Keldon's going to do that. He's going to fight hard. He's going to also work hard. And I feel like that that kind of energy can help teams. Like, you bring in that young guy who's just hungry, and everyone else remembers when they were like that. And they're like, man, why am I not playing like that? Like, this is just cake. Like, this is going to just be easy. So, that might just put a battery in everyone else's back. 
Um, a little bit more tidbits before we get into the finals. Kawhi Leonard underwent surgery to repair a partially torn right ACL. That's actually huge because um, ACLs, it doesn't matter if it's partially or fully torn, like getting surgery, that's like a full year. So it's more than likely the Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi to start next year. And that's that's pretty interesting for their offseason and just for the next season. That's, that's going to be very interesting. Um, Will Barton declined his player option with the Nuggets. Both sides are very interested in uh, coming back together. But obviously, if you're Will, you probably want to play on more than a one-year contract, especially considering his injury history lately. Um, but he also probably wants to see his options. And, I mean, as a fan of the Lakers, I would love for Will Barton to come to the Lakers, but that would have to be a he just wants to play in L.A. type of thing. Um, and lastly, before we get into the finals, Wes Unsell Jr. is the new coach for the Washington Wizards. He signed a four-year deal to coach the team. And Willie Green, assistant for the Suns, he's actually close to becoming the new Pelicans coach. So, I mean, we got some we got some black coaches around the league and we got some former players, uh player sons, you know, that I think I feel like that bodes well for the league, honestly. I feel like having former players, former or coaches sons, people who just are are in the sport, like who are just who've been in the sport, names that we recognize, like we players want to coach. It's not players aren't aren't not coaching for a lack of trying. They're just not getting opportunities. So I'm happy to see Willie Green, a guy who's been around basketball for a very, very long time, um, be able to actually get some shine, get a, get a chance. Let's go ahead and get into these finals. Unfortunately, I've not been able to watch every single game, um, but even, like I said, I feel like I've been rushing things, so I'm going to kind of try and actually be a little better about just talking about the actually talking about the stuff um, first and foremost the Suns have had bad luck with injuries Dario Saric um, tore I believe he tore his ACL in these finals Cam Johnson I believe he got hurt in game two and I think he's out for the playoffs oh I gotta double check right now um, Torrey Craig I know he got hurt but he's been playing through it um, all while Chris Paul's been having lingering injuries. I don't know if everyone's been seeing this, but Chris Paul is definitely hurting, like, not even just his shoulder, his wrists, his hands. Like, his body's just, like, falling apart. Like, he just can't finish it out. Like, he's just... His body's just literally falling apart, just giving up on him. Um, Chris Paul's 123 postseason starts are the most all-time prior to a finals debut. Devin Booker joins Dwayne Wade, LeBron James... Dwight Howard, Kevin Durant as and Kevin Durant as the only players under 25 to lead their team to, in scoring on the way to the finals. Book is the only one to do it in his first postseason. These finals are also the first matchup between leading scorers playing on their first team since Kobe and Paul Pierce in 2010. Just some random stats that I thought were kind of cool. Game one. Game one, honestly, I would I would say game one is like the CP game. Like, game one is is the game that CP kind of showed you what he's been doing for them all year. Um, the the obviously the Bucks were were gassed. The the Bucks were coming off that series against Atlanta. They were still a little gassed. Uh, Giannis playing on that injury. You got Aiden putting up twenty two and nineteen. Book putting up twenty seven. Chris Paul absolutely hooping. He had thirty two and nine. Um, and also, the I would call this Devin Booker a defense game because he was getting attacked. They were hunting him in that Clipper series, and the Bucks were 1 for 11 on shots defended by Book in this game. Middleton and Holiday were 0 for 9 on Book. And I, I thought that was a big, I thought that was very important. I thought it was a very big step up for Book and for the Suns just in general. Uh, game 2. Game 2, the Suns take game 2 as well. That infamous 2-0 lead and it's really funny it's like I feel like playing in these series on the outside looking in you really can't you can't think about like what the numbers are you can't think about 2-0 or 2-1 or 3-1 or 3-0 you can't think about the numbers you just play every game one at a time because even look at this series it's now 3-2 
and the Bucks are up. The Bucks have won three straight games. Could you imagine if they had said, oh, man, we're down 0-2, like, we're screwed, oh, my God. If they gave up, like, they'd be insane. They'd be they look like idiots because it's very possible they showed, like, here we are. And for the Suns, it's like, okay, well, now you're down 3-2. You've lost three straight, but you can't think like that. You beat them the first two times. Win the first two, win the last two. It's a championship. Who cares? Don't you can't think about those kind of things. You can't dwell on those kind of things because that's when you that's when you get lost. You gotta stay focused. When they mean when they you gotta have that mental fortitude, you gotta stay focused. Um uh, game two, Giannis awakens. Forty two points, twelve rebounds, five assists. Whew. Giannis definitely woke up, but it, it was kinda just Giannis. Uh Chris Middleton had a bad game. He only had eleven points. Uh Drew Holiday had seventeen, but that was really it. Like, they weren't getting much of anything besides Giannis in game two. He really tried to will them to a game. Uh, Devin Booker drops 31. CP drops 23. McCall Bridges has 27 points in this game. Uh, just just huge, huge step up. Exactly what they needed. Um, Phoenix shooting the ball very well. They shot 50% from the three-point line, while the Bucks shot 29% from the, uh, the three-point line in game two. And then, oh, excuse me, a little, couple, couple little tidbits on game two. Um, like I said, Giannis woke up. He dropped the most points in a quarter in the finals in the last 25 years. He had 20 in the third quarter of, of game two. Kobe scored 19 in 2010. Uh, Braun scored 19 in 2014. But Giannis, Giannis is the most points in a quarter in the finals in the last 25 years because he's just a monster. He's really just an absolute monster. Uh, game three, you thought he was done. Giannis was not done. Gian- Giannis said, I'm, I'm home, and I'm happy to be here. 41 points, 13 boards, and six assists. LeBron. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, LeBron, who did it five times. Shaq, who did it twice. Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler are the only other players with 40, 10, and five NBA Finals games since 2000. That's very, very good company to be in, Mr. Giannis. He also became the first player with m- more points than minutes in back-to-back finals games. He outscored Phoenix, all of Phoenix. He outscored the entire team by himself in the restricted area. Only missed one shot in the restricted area between games two and three. But game three, game three, you can argue game three was the Chris Middleton game. Oh, I'm sorry, not game three, game four. You could really argue the game, game four was the Chris Middleton game. Game three is the Giannis game. Because Giannis went absolutely insane and they just they just ran right through them. Game four? Game four, you can call it a Chris game. Because Chris Middleton was balling in that point. Oh boy. Chris Middleton, 40 points. Giannis only had 26 in this one. Yeah, he, he could chill out. They came back in this game with Giannis on the bench. Because the game started out really ugly. The Suns in this game became the first team in NBA history to lose a finals game despite shooting over 50% and holding their opponent under 42%. The Bucks shot 40% and still got it up. They love being at home, obviously. They love being at home. Chris was, they, they went bonkers. Chris was going crazy. Chris was just hooping. He was just hitting shots, just shot after shot. It was just, it was nasty. He was going crazy out there. Game five, game five was a Drew game. Drew Holiday, 27 points, four rebounds, 13 assists, and three steals, including the game-saving, game-stealing steal on Devin Booker, and then a lob to Giannis, which was absolutely gorgeous. Giannis, with the amazing stare down after the lob, after somehow still finishing the alley-oop on top of being pushed by Chris Paul, who honestly was just desperate at that point. Drew Holiday has been unreal these playoffs. Just unreal. Masterclass every night, guarding some of the best offensive players ever. Putting them on L's. Making them absolutely unusable. Just making just basically making it four on four out there. Not even four on four, four on five, because he's not playing any offense. He, he can't do nothing on offense. But Drew Holiday is still everyone on defense. So he's basically playing four on five because Drew is just absolutely Xing out players from playoff games. In Game 5, the Bucks became the first team to trail by 16-plus after the first quarter and then lead at halftime since 1998. It really gives you the feeling the Bucks have figured out what the Suns are doing. 
Like, they, the Suns have to shoot the ball really well. And even if they, sh- even if they do shoot the ball well, they're not going to beat them. Like, it, the Suns have been shooting better than the Bucks in pretty much every game. I think game four might be the only game they didn't. Nope, game four, they shot better from them from the field. They shot worse from the three-point line, but they shot better from the field. The Suns are shooting better than the Bucks, but it doesn't matter. The Bucks are, are just getting stops when they need to, getting bugs when they need to. And the Suns don't have a way to stop them. They don't really have anybody to stop Chris Middleton when he gets going. They don't have anybody to stop Giannis at all. They Even as a community, even Aiden plus some other guys, like it's not, there's not big enough. Like McCall's too small. Cam Johnson is too small. Like Jay Crowder can try, but he's too small. <laughs> and I was wrong. Cam Johnson's been playing. He, he's, he's good. He's not, he's not hurt. Um, but they, their team is just too t- Tory Craig. Like they're all too small. They don't have a guy big enough to do anything with Giannis, so they're screwed. <laughs> and honestly, I would say that the series ends tonight because Giannis is too good. Chris is stepping up. He's being too good. Drew Holiday is stepping up. He's being too good on both sides of the ball. Drew steps up on defense every night, but offensively, when he when you can get something from Drew Holiday on offense, it's special, especially with him being your third guy. And with the buck, with the defense the Bucks are playing, I don't see how the defense the Bucks are playing just disappears. I don't see what adjustment the Suns just make to give them more offense or get them better shots because they're getting good shots. They're shooting better. It's just not mattering. They have to play better defense. They have to get more stops against the Bucks, and I just don't think they can. And it's it's really unfortunate. And you really like you can't blame CP too much. Like I can only blame CP in terms of being the second best player on his team and being needed to show up on his team and just not really being there not necessarily anything against him but more so the fact that he's just (laughs) like what is he what is he supposed to do in this situation like he is he's older he's a he's been a pass first player for most of his career so now you're asking to be score first at times and you got drew holiday on him like drew holiday's putting him in hell and he got injuries to his hands and his shoulder and his wrists and his like this, the the injuries on the team. Even Dario Sarge, like Dario Sarge, was another player that could have been out there helping them out. He's bigger <laughs> than all the other guys that I mentioned, so that could be a big help. But overall, I just feel like the Bucks kind of have the Suns' number. Like they made an adjustment after the first two games, and which is ironic about the Bucks. But since then, the Suns don't really have an adjustment to make back. They don't have anything to adjust. I feel like they don't have the personnel to adjust back at what the Bucks have done to them. And, I mean, it just is what it is. Ironically, game six is to be officiated by Scott Foster. Chris Paul teams are 1-12 in games officiated by Foster, and that one win came in a game where Chris Paul didn't play. Um, so, it seemed, again, the deck seems a little stacked against... Um, the Suns here, but um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker pulls out a really good game, if CP pulls out a really good game, if Aiden pulls out a really, really good game, and um, like foul trouble on Giannis or foul trouble on Drew opens the game up and switches it up a little bit and we go to game seven. But I think the Bucks are going to win the series, personally. But I also would not be surprised if the Suns win. My pick is the Bucks. I this, I finally will make a pick on this series. I haven't made one this entire time because I, it's been so tough to pick. But I'm going with the Bucks. Would not be surprised if the Suns did something because they do have the talent on the team to do it. A couple more stats. Devin Booker and Giannis Antetokounmpo are the first pair of players in NBA history to each score 40 points twice in one NBA Finals. Booker doing it with 42 in Game 4 and 40 in Game 5. Uh, Devin Booker's been playing out of his mind, and I really feel bad for him because I feel like his personnel is not enough for him to get over the hump and get a championship this year. But Devin Booker's been playing. He's definitely shown up. For every series where they say he has one game and then he kind of doesn't really do too much, he's shown up multiple times in this in this one right here, in, in this series for sure. Um, and Giannis with 42 in Game 2 and 41 in Game 3. Giannis and Chris Middleton joined Dwayne Wade and LeBron James in 2012 as the only pair of teammates with with each with 500 points and 100 assists in a single postseason. Um, Chris Middleton also, I believe they said, um, is tied right now with LeBron James for the most tying or go-ahead field goals in the fourth quarter in a postseason. Um, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul is on the verge 
of becoming the first player to lose four best of series, best of seven series in which his team led 2-0. The only other player with three best of series, best of seven series losses in which his team led 2-0 is his former teammate Blake Griffin. Um, Giannis, however, is on the verge of becoming the first player to average 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and shoot 60% in finals history. Not Kareem, not Jordan, not LeBron, not Kobe, not Shaq, not Tim, not Malone, Carl, or Moses, not AD, not KD. You get where I'm going with this. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let's talk about it. If Giannis wins... A championship and finals MVP, he has everything. Chip, finals MVP, MVP, multiple of those. Multiple defensive player of the years. Um, most improved. All NBA, all defensive. All-star game MVP. He's literally done it all at the age of 26. With a championship and a finals MVP, he's done it all at 26. So let's talk about it. Giannis might already be better than a lot of power forwards. And I mean... When, even in saying that, I'm always the person who says it's a mix of skill and career. When I talk about who's better than who, I say it off of like a mix of career and skill. But Giannis, I mean, A, he's incredibly dominant. The most dominant player we've seen since Shaq. But save that, he has done everything in a very short span, not even being the leading guy on his team for that entire span. When he got to the Bucks, they had Jabari Parker, who was the second overall pick, who was supposed to be that guy, and Giannis could have been his complement. And eventually the keys were given to Giannis. But, like, and even even that, where did, like, do you have any, can you even give me an example of anyone even similar to this guy? Even remotely similar? To just come out of, like, the rough? Like, come out of nowhere like this? And even physically to change and to grow so much, like LeBron didn't grow like this. LeBron wasn't that as skinny as Giannis, and I would argue. And obviously, Giannis is bigger than Bron. Even peak Bron, I would say like Giannis is bigger than peak Bron. But like rookie Giannis is so much smaller than rookie Bron. <laughs> so like physically and like game wise, like have we ever seen a player grow this much? Like sheesh. This guy's insane. And it's time to give him his flowers. And it's time to stop with the whole, like, not being skilled thing. Like, he does run and dunk a lot. But even running and dunking takes skill. Like, he has the best spin move in the league. And it's because he has the skill around it. Like, he can dribble enough to get to his spot. And he has the wherewithal. He has the footwork to spin and be able to get anywhere on the court. But he's also physically gifted. It's like KD. Like, I say say KD is the most gifted scorer of all time. I won't say he's the best scorer of all time. I'll say he's the most gifted scorer of all time. And that's just facts. Because KD's all... He has to be the most something in terms of scoring. Like, that's what I always say about scores. Like, everyone has to be the most something. And KD's the most gifted scorer of all time. Easy. Bar none. Um, two, two fun facts. No elephant in the room for this week. Well, actually, a quick elephant in the room for this week. Uh, two fun facts. Fun facts for the week... The Bucks have gone three and five in the first two games of every like in the first two games so far of their series. Series? <laughs> in the first two games, they've gone three and five. In games three through seven, they are ten and two. That's just nasty. Like they they talk about late bloomers. Talk about adjustments. As much as we talk about Mike Budenholzer not making adjustments, they've been making adjustments all playoffs. And making great adjustments all playoffs. My other fun fact, if you are a really, really in-depth basketball fan, you know about the the Shaq final streak. There is a streak, there was a streak, which ended this year. Shaquille O'Neal had a streak in which every finals for the past 30-plus years, he had a teammate that played in it. That streak ended this year. So now the longest active streak of teammates in the NBA Finals is Jerry Stackhouse with 34. The last 34 NBA Finals have all featured a former teammate of Jerry Stackhouse. That's just insane. And finally, our elephant in the room for the week um, is honestly, there's no like, there's no rush. Don't rush yourself. There's, there's no race. 
is what I'm trying to say. There's no race. You're not racing against anyone. You're racing against yourself. If there's a race, you're racing against yourself. But there really isn't a race. You're on your own timeline. And people expect you to have things figured out by 18, 19, 20, all the way to 25. And it's like, your life is supposed to be so much longer than that. Like, even at 25, like that's supposed to be like half of your life, if even that. Not even half, like a third of your life, if, you, if you're lucky. It's supposed to be a third of your life. So, yeah, I mean, live every day like it's your last, and don't just treat life like it's just, this thing's going to be around forever, because it's not. But don't rush yourself. Like, you're not on anyone else's timeline, and there's a plan for you. You just have to figure it out, and also figure out how to find, how to align your plan with the plan that's already set for you. Find you. That's the elephant in the room. Just do some soul searching this week. Find you. I'm your host, Dame Fuego. I appreciate you listening for another week with me. Y'all be blessed. Dame out.